Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. There's this open question that's on everybody's mind, which is what changed? Uh, there was a police investigation included back, I think, in February 2019. The charges were not laid at that time. Uh, the investigation was closed. So why now? Why, why all of a sudden uh, have things changed? Have the London police decided to... Uh, bring these charges forward at this time. Jake Jessen with us in the last half hour on the, uh, this is arguably the biggest story in this country right now. And London Police Service will hold their news conference tomorrow and they'll try and I'm, I hope they'll answer a lot of questions people have. Like, why did you close the investigation and then reopen it? As Mr. Jessen told us, that's unusual. Usually police will lay charges and let the Crown deal with it. There are so many moving parts to this particular story, and uh, it's to the benefit of everyone, just their, their subjective benefit, to have a message that they can deliver that puts them in a good light, and uh, to do that, what they often do is they will hire what is euphemistically known as crisis managers. So the NHL has already engaged the services of a crisis management expert, or Public Affairs Consultant. Question now is, will Hockey Canada and the NHLPA follow suit? Or maybe they've already done this. Tasha Carradine joins us, National Political... I'll find that word somewhere. National Political Affairs Columnist for the National Post and Public Affairs Consultant. She's also the author of The Right Path, How Conservatives Can Unite, Inspire, and Take Canada Forward. We're going to talk some politics with Tasha as well. Tasha, thank you. How are you? I'm good, Roy. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting better. Um, it's just once in a while I I can't find the words, and then my store bought teeth get in the way. You know, you know. Oh. I mean, no, you don't know how it is. I'm just take my word for it. So, is it is it likely that all of the key parties involved in this story that has Canadians from coast to coast watching very closely that they will engage services of public affairs consultants? Well, the short answer is yes. When an organization is dealing with a crisis, um, it's, you know, it's often beyond their capacity to manage those communications internally. So they will, they will turn to crisis managers. Um, they, Hockey Canada turned to crisis managers um, when they were last in the hot seat a couple of years ago um, when they were testifying. Their president was testifying uh, in front of a commi- committee in Parliament. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not unusual. Um, of course, the most important thing here, people will say, is not, you know, the communications. It's what happens to change things after this crisis has passed. And that is also, um, you know, that's sort of what's misunderstood sometimes. Uh, crisis managers aren't just there to help companies or organizations through things. It's, it's to, to create systemic change. And, you know, in Hockey Canada, their whole board ended up resigning yes. um, after that testimony was so bad. Right. So... Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully there'll be some positive change, not just in how this is communicated, but in terms of how these things are handled going forward. So, so what do you do as a crisis manager or public affairs consultant? 
You're brought in by a prospective client. You already know something about the story like they would about this one. How do you approach it as the as the um, public affairs consultant or crisis manager? Well, first you get as much information as you can from the client. You find out, you know, what uh, what the, what their story is, what the other side's story is, and what actually happened. And usually, what happened is there's been somewhere along the line uh, balls being dropped in terms of either something that was not properly done, or that was communicated in such a way that um, got you into deeper trouble. Uh, companies often freeze up; they don't they don't want to say anything when things you know, when there is some kind of crisis. And that can give the impression of a cover-up. It can give an impression that they're not uh, taking it seriously. So usually the first thing you do is, is develop what's called a holding statement so that they can put something out there to say, you know what, we're aware, this is serious, and we're dealing with it. Stay tuned, right? And then try and help them make the next steps to actually get to the root of the problem and not just, like I said, communicate it, but find a way to actually resolve the underlying issue that that led to this in the first place. Yeah, so this is why we saw Gary Batman as he appeared on uh, Friday <laughs> yeah. or Thursday. Right? I mean, I mean, Mr. Batman doesn't look comfortable if he's in front of a camera and somebody says "Good morning" to him. He, he hunts for an answer. <laughs> right? He just—I don't know what, what did you just ask me? But it was a clearly prepared statement that was prepared by somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not too sure about what, what he did deliver this time. I know that the, apparently they've retained some something in the United States, uh, a high you know profile lawyer, actually. She's both. Sometimes lawyers do this as well. They're also crisis, do crisis management. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, like you said, a lot of unanswered questions here um, about why this investigation is now kicked up again. And the fact that these individuals, yeah, sure, they're not playing right now, but they're still being paid or their contracts are they're not suspended. Suspension is more than just, you know, like Mr. Batman said, well, they're not paying. They're not playing. And so it doesn't matter. No, no, it, it, it's a symbolic thing as well. I think that was a bit odd as a communications person to just dismiss it as well. They're not on the ice, so who cares? Suspension has has weight as well in terms of the attitude that um, the NHL is showing towards victims or the victim, in this case, the alleged victim, and how seriously they take the whole situation. Yeah, when I listened to him and watched him, I thought, well, now you're doing a really good job of pulling the NHLPA into this. Mm -hmm. Did you get that sense? Yeah, Yeah, I, I, uh, (laughs) it's sort of almost a passing, passing the buck in a way. I, I, you know, I mean, nobody wants to be the only person out there answering questions. So, of course, if you can get someone else to to be in the hot seat, so to speak, um, that can also be a technique used to it's a deflection, right? It's it's not this is not sure. it's our problem; it's someone else's problem. Um, so you can you can use that tactic. But I think here, you know, sexual assault is such a and sexual assault in sport is you know such a serious issue um, that I don't I don't think that you know tactics are what needs to be used. I think really um, the gravitas demands that that organizations go beyond just, you know, tactical maneuvers, that they really show that they're going to actually, you know, stamp this out and take a no, you know, no tolerance approach to it. Yeah, let's listen to a few seconds of uh, Mr. Batman. He just does not sound comfortable. All of the NHL players who appear to be subject of indictment are no longer with their teams. And so at this stage, the most responsible and prudent thing for us to do is await the conclusion of the judicial proceedings, at which point we will respond as appropriate at the time. 
So that's that's not something that somebody delivers. Uh, I'm not saying it's not sincere, but it's not somebody something somebody thinks of expressing in those terms if they want to just get a point across to the viewers and the and the and the uh, so the consumers of that message, is it? Right. I mean, is he saying the team should be the? I mean, they're not playing for the teams, but should the teams be doing something? Should they be taking a stand? Should they be stating, you know, making some kind of statement or, or suspending suspending them individually? I, I don't know what the capacity is to do that, especially if they're not actually playing right now. But um, yeah, it just it's you know it. This, like I said, this issue reared its head a couple of years ago, and we know that it was like you said a huge story. I mean, hockey is our national sport and a big sport in the U S as well. So people take it very much to heart. You know, they think of their kids playing hockey or they think of themselves, uh, you know, their and daughters too playing hockey. Like they don't, the, the, the specter of sexual assault in hockey has really tarnished the game and it is, it's got to rehabilitate itself from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the other 2018 team Canada players not implicated in the alleged sexual assault on EM, do you think they're going to be drawn into the public debate, even though they have not been charged? Um, it's hard to say. They haven't been charged. Um, do they know anything? Is the question. Obviously, I mean, it's a team, right? People mm-hmm. know things that go on. Um, were things covered up? Were you know people to stay silent, or were they unaware? Um, those are the kinds of questions that sort of hang out there. So sometimes what happens too is even if an individual or or an organization is not directly implicated in a crisis they may choose to retain a communications professional or a public affairs professional just to be able to say that, to, to, to distinct, distinguish themselves from the people who are in the spotlight and make sure that they, you know, don't get tarnished by association or that they establish that they really did have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So when you, when you said when somebody speaks with uh, gravitas and they're believable, I saw Kale McCarr the other evening at the uh, all-star game or before the all-star game. And he was on that 2018 team. And none of those players is allowed to play for Canada in international competitions, at least not at this time. Yeah. And, and Kel McCarr very openly said, look, I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't there. I, I'm, I, I didn't participate in this. I have nothing to do with it. And it really hurts me that I cannot play for Team Canada. So very believable. And when, when, he, when he spoke like that, I thought, yeah, this guy's telling the truth. Yeah, and you know this is this is the thing is that it, people get affected by these charges who have nothing to do with them. Who and it's it's part of like I said this this whole symbolism too piece around it that that this is being taken seriously to the point where we're just we're just gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna play it so safe that even people who are not in the spotlight haven't been affected by this directly they will be penalized too, and that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing is that. This investigation, the fact is kicked up again, um, you know, will that then, will that be, will that, will that enable actually finally, the, you know, the people who are not involved to be, to move on with their lives and to not be affected by this? Will that change things if charges um, are then laid or, or rather that are pursued specifically against individuals? Will that then free up in a sense the other people who've been affected by this to, to actually play for Team Canada or, or pursue their careers without this hanging over their heads. Yeah. We will wait and see uh, what we hear from uh, the people at the center of this story and uh, public affairs consult- consultants' participation. I always look at it this way, Tasha. If somebody calls a news conference and they've got a prepared speech, I know exactly what's going on. 
Well, you know, I don't recommend anyone going into a news conference without a prepared speech, quite frankly, because reporters are tough. It's their job. And it's, you know, people who aren't used to that spotlight, um, even Batman is, you know, not comfortable in it. Like he said, uh, it's not a natural environment for people to be in. It's no. very easy to say the wrong thing. So let's you and I uh, take a quick break here and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of politics because, um, and your book is The Right Path, How Conservatives Can Unite, Inspire, and Take Canada Forward. First week back for Parliament, and already they were both, they being Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Polyev, or Mr. Polyev and Mr. Trudeau were at each other, and Mr. Singh is trying to come up the middle, not doing so well at it. We invited him to be on the show this weekend. Of course, he can't make it. Uh, which I have never quite understood that. You want to get gain some favor. You want people to listen to you. You want your message to get out there. Get on a get on a get on a national talk show that isn't na isn't your natural turf, right? It's opportunity. I don't understand this. Maybe scare him. Let's get back to Tasha Carradine and uh, Tasha wrote. An op-ed in the National Post uh, two weeks ago, Polyev is leading or leaving Trudeau in the dust. Here's how to keep it that way. Tasha, just before we talk about that, we did find a clip from my last conversation with Mr. Singh about a year ago when I was pressing him on, why do you stay in this deal? Why do you, why do you stay in this deal? It's not helping you because on one hand, he tries to savage the liberals. On the other, he's holding hands with Trudeau, metaphorically. And, uh, and, and, and and now he's got private members legislation that's going to be voted on on Wednesday. And he could have had this whole audience, whole national audience hearing about it, but they ran away. Here's a little bit of what went on a year ago. Will you speak with Mr. Trudeau about this directly or have you already? We haven't yet. And it's something that I have uh, regular meetings with the prime minister to uh, look at the ongoing elements of the agreement. And uh, absolutely, I'll be bringing this up. That's all he could say. I said, why do you carry on with it? <laughs> it was a question that came out of nowhere, right? You should be, that's not a question that should surprise you if you're the NDP leader. No, it's a question people have been asking since the last election. That's right. <laughs> they struck the deal. Why are you still there? How is this still going on? And, you know, I mean, the NDP puts it as, well, you know, look at things we've got. Dental care, uh, we'll get subsidies for pharmacare, potentially the we get uh, pressure put on grocery chains. We, you know, basically we, we are listened to. Our agenda is out there. But the reality is anything the government does, no one's going to remember who asked for it. They're just going to remember who did it. So the NDP won't get the credit. Um, you know, they, Singh is in a really tough spot because he didn't get a very overwhelming endorsement at the last national convention. He is facing a party that is really quite split between its progressive and wings and its union roots. And he's not doing a great job straddling it. He's not the most exciting leader. He's not the new leader anymore that he was once. So, you know what? I think he's just riding this train until the next election. When he collects his pension, by the way, he'll be eligible at that point, six years in, uh, and let the chips go where they go. Um, but it's not very exciting. If I were an NDP supporter, I'd kind of feel kind of sad right now. Yeah. Okay. But if you're a conservative supporter, you're feeling pretty good right now because they're so far ahead of the liberals and Polyev is ahead of Trudeau. Your op-ed, though, is Polyev is leaving Trudeau in the dust. Here's how to keep, keep it that way. What's the advice? Well, the advice is that um, 
they've got to uh, they've got to pivot. They've got they pivoted a little bit from attacking um, all out people who support Justin Trudeau and telling them that you know you're crazy. Trudeau's awful. To this line of aren't you just tired of Trudeau? It's kind of tiring, isn't it? Because even liberals, it's smart. Even liberals um, are sort of feeling this fatigue. So they're playing that they're not being as hostile to people and making them, you know, like, how can you be so stupid as to like Justin Trudeau? Because that's insulting and people won't, won't vote for you if you say that. But they've moved a bit to this kind of softer ground of like playing on the fatigue factor, which a lot of Canadians are feeling. So that's pretty smart. Um, they also have to keep hitting at the economic stuff. Don't get off message. You know, like the economic things is where, where people's heads are at. Top of line issue is the cost of living and housing. And, um, you know, they're the, the government is, is desperately trying to deal with it. Like they are, the conservatives have them on the ropes on those things in that they have set the agenda and the liberals are just dancing away, frantically trying to fix it. It's not going to be fixed now or in a year. So just keep hammering that that piece um, and, uh, you know, make people realize that the government has not made life more affordable for them. But they can't fall into this trap. And I talked to a lot of, of strategists about this. Uh, the universal view is they can't fall into the trap of proposing anything too early because if they do. Things could change and then they'll be attacked. So they'll be just opposing you know, pointing mm -hmm. out what's wrong. It's what they're very good at. Yeah. And if I could give Mr. Trudeau some advice, and he's not my favorite politician, as probably people it. have gathered. <laughs> but if I, if I could give him some advice, Tasha, it would be wear a different colored shirt now and then. <laughs> because you get the sense he only owns one shirt. I don't know. Well, I get the sense he only... only um, I think it's just a lot of blind spots. And I think it happens after you've been in power for a while, you get a bit arrogant. It happens to all of them. It happened to Stephen Harper too, but um, there's a sense of him being out of touch. And uh, it, 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 you it's think he's out of touch. <laughs> I, I just went to I Jamaica do. to hang out with my friends like everybody else yeah, at Christmas. No. My goodness. No, I, yeah. He, I think that there's, I think it's a frustration that I think that, you know, he went to bat to champion the so-called middle class that he was never a part of, but at least the middle class is ready to listen. They were excited by it. Um, now they just sort of cynical and, and his attempt, I think he's genuinely frustrated. You get the sense that it's like, why don't people love me anymore? I mean, some people still do, but really, um, you know, he gets, he gets attacked from both ends, you know, attacked in restaurants, like by people on the progressive left who think he's not doing enough on Palestine and, you know, and then the right, of course, they'll attack him for just, uh, you know, not listening to them. This is the convoy protests and such, but also now on, on things like the carbon tax. So he has few friends left. It must be, it must be kind of a lonely existence. Yeah, we're all too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> too bad. So sad. Thank you, Tasha. Great speaking with you as always. Thanks for the time today. Okay. Take care. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.